You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Joining us today for a teal habitat and hunting update is Kevin Cry, the waterfowl program leader for Texas Park and Wildlife Department. Kevin, welcome back to the show. I'm glad to be back. Um, I appreciate uh, getting the opportunity to visit with with you guys and, and all the constituents out there. Yeah, that's right. And you know, the thing is, our uh, listeners are just avid consumers of any update on hunting and habitat. Uh, bird numbers, fluctuations, anything that that you can provide in Texas being such a popular state for teal hunting, especially. I wanted to get you on here, kind of have you talk this through. Um, we did the report last week, but I'm, I know that there's obviously been some changes, especially with the weather along the coast. Um, so, you know, how has the teal season started out, you know, in, on the coast, especially, and then also throughout the state? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so in classic form, um, you know, people start asking us um, weeks, if not months, in advance about conditions and habitat, and you know, forecasts about teal season. And and in classic form, September rolls around, and that curveball gets thrown at us. Uh, it seems like every year. And uh, so, I always warn everybody when we talk about teal teal season, you know, uh, that you know that curveball could be thrown at us, and it was once again. Uh, the good news is is we had a uh, a real quiet, if you will, weather wise opener. Um, it was pretty warm. Um, but you know, no storms really impacted our opening weekend and, um, it went off as planned. And for the most part, um, in the heart of the teal hunting, uh, portions of the state of Texas, it was, it was very, very good. Um, you know, the, the, the areas of the, the rice prairies of the mid coast, 
um, even into the Chenier Plain, um, where we have landowners, clubs, leases that literally farm for blue-winged teal, uh, you know, providing water, habitat on an annual basis. They take it very, very seriously, and it's a very, very important uh, activity for Texas hunters. And um, those individuals had a really, really good uh, couple of days of teal hunting and, and did all the way up until this storm. Um, if you move into the marsh system, um, you know, those marshes are kind of hit and miss sometimes. And, and a lot of times it's highly improved or uh, success improves as hunting uh, begins north of that marsh system uh, in those rice fields and in that, that prairie habitat and those, those moist soil units uh, that dot that landscape. And so it literally moves birds out of that, that environment into the marsh. And so um, once that hunting starts, birds start moving around and, and people start doing better for sure um, along that marsh system. And, and um, it sure sounded like the guys in the prairie, uh, you know, average near limits um, on our public lands uh, along the, the Gulf coast. Um, it was oh, kind of a mixed bag as usual, but, you know, on average about three birds per person. Um, you know, these are um, um, dotted WMAs, wildlife management areas uh, along the Gulf coast. Um, some see significant visitation. Um, we've even had some issues where we're um, getting so many people showing up where they're having to turn away uh, a bunch of hunters um, because of the, the interest that exists. And so um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I sure wish we had a whole lot more lands to provide. Yeah. You mentioned that the habitat down there was really, really good. And, and why was the habitat so good going into the teal season? Well, it's largely because of a, a cooler and wetter than average summer, uh, for sure. Um, we had a, um, you know, really abnormal summer for that matter. Um, so people were able to grow good foods, um, you know, pumping of water, uh, holding water, you know, was kind of, uh, not as, not as prevalent as in drier years. And so, and then, you know, with the, the inflows of fresh water, um, coming down our rivers, um, flowing into our estuaries and our marshes, you know, that, that increased the fresh water, uh, you know, decreased the salinities, if you will, in some of those marshes that uh, can grow some of the better foods uh, important to, to teal. And so, and that was really statewide. Um, even our high plains playas um, saw significant increases in water, surface water from the previous year. Um, and those playas are um, super, super productive um, and teal love those type of habitats. And so there was, you know, we went from essentially not having a teal season in the Texas panhandle to, um, you know, having, um, you know, one of our average type years where there's fairly abundant water on the landscape and people have places to go. And, and those hunts were pretty successful as well. So yeah, the habitat was good. East Texas is um, an interesting, um, you know, fruit to peel. And it's, um, you know, we have, Lots of large reservoirs in that landscape. The upper ends of those reservoirs sometimes hold decent numbers of blue wings. Um, we have a handful of landowners and wildlife management areas that that are actively managing moist soil type units. Um, those environments typically are real good. The reservoirs are real hit and miss. I mean, you know, sometimes there's a bunch of birds there, and obviously we're hunting a migration, so you know, they're today gone tomorrow type scenario. Um, and then, you know, there's the issue of, uh, a lot of times some of those reservoirs, those public properties, um, have a lot of people there at the same time. And so that can kind of be frustrating. So, um, 
yeah, it's 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 an interesting landscape uh, for blooming teal that time of year, um, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you said you had some reports there, like Toledo Bend Reservoir. Um, you were hearing some guys saying that there were large numbers of birds showing up there. Um, yeah, just prior to the season, I was hearing good, very good reports of places like Toledo Bend and, and, and the upper ends of those reservoirs. Uh, I have not personally heard uh, how that opening morning hunt went, but, um, you know, it was at least positive to hear that some of these reservoirs were having, uh, you know, seeing birds uh, prior to the, the season. <clears throat> yeah, after I talked to you last week, I'd reached out to uh, a buddy of mine that I've stayed in contact with after teal hunting with him down there. Um, a few years ago and he written, I just kind of said, Hey man, what's going on? Want to check in on you, see how the, you know, what your expectations are. And he was like, it is unbelievable. He sent me a couple videos of just swarm. Now he's down there in those rice ponds just off the coast. Um, and man, it was unbelievable. Just the video footage that he sent me. I was like, are those, I mean, I couldn't even believe they were teal. It was just like clouds of blue wings. It was spectacular. And I think those guys hammered them until that storm rolled in. Like you said, yeah, that's just it. I mean, um, leading up to the, you know, again, there's those guys that are laying out that buffet uh, on an annual basis. It's, they really are taking out a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the ability to not have a good hunt. You know, they're, they're putting in the work, they're putting in the time and, and, and the money that, that has to go into that. And it's almost like clockwork for them. And until, you know, Mother Nature shows up and throws them a curveball like we got this week. <clears throat> Um, what are going to be some of the impacts? And obviously, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with everyone who's been impacted by the storm. Um, but just from your perspective, looking at it, um, you know, strictly as, you know, as a waterfowl manager, is there any major concerns with so much water or is this really not that big of a deal as far as habitat goes? Well, yeah. So it's a kind of a, you know, a catch 22 or, you know, double-edged sword type scenario. Um, you know, those individuals that, that take the time, the money, and the energy that I was speaking about to, to put water in a very specific place and, and manage those water levels um, as a science or an art, um, you know, suddenly getting a whole bunch of new water on the landscape, one, impacts that individual wetland that they've been managing. Um, and two, and obviously, uh, from a teal standpoint, uh, changes their perspective of the landscape. Um, you know, so water on the landscape on opening weekend was there for a reason. You know, those individuals put that water there for a reason. There wasn't a lot of just, you know, water out there that, you know, sheet water that was from rain events um, leading up to the opener. Uh, now there's going to be sheet water at a lot of places, um, uh, including, you know, the, the core of the teal hunting area going east. Um, I think for the most part, you know, the El Campo Eagle Lake, that, that northern portion of the mid coast uh, didn't get, near the rain that the coastal portion did and now is moving into the Chenier Plain and in, into a large part of Louisiana. So so a lot of these places, you know, in the mid-coast, you know, the, the, the core of the teal hunting area uh, didn't get impacted directly and probably didn't get a ton of rain, which is, you know, beneficial to not moving birds around. But that new water on the landscape is a real cue for ducks of all kinds. Um, to, you know, start dispersing and going, finding new food resources. And so, um, yeah, you know, for the ducks point of view, it's, it's, um, can be very good, you know, to have that new, that new water on the landscape that is so very, very enticing to them to go explore and, and find new foods. Um, so there's a real good chance that birds are going to get dispersed. Um, secondly, uh, water does attract 
birds. So there's going to be places that get new birds. Um, I'm still hearing good reports of abundant blue wings uh, well into Canada. Uh, and so there's still a, a, a plenty of birds north of us that, um, for whatever reason, ducks have this unbelievable sense of being able to detect new water on a landscape, it, it, even even distances as far away as the prairie puddles. And so that could kind of trigger that that migration. I was like, okay, it's time for us to go, go take advantage of this this new landscape, this new water. And so it could actually attract birds to that area uh, as well. And so it's kind of a double-edged sword for sure. Um, you know, as, as this thing's moving east, um, dumping, you know, over a foot of rain, um, that definitely complicates things. You know, you're starting to get higher water. Teal prefer real shallow water. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be a challenge for some, uh, to say the least. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina ProPlan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Yeah, and my co-host. Dr. Mike Brazier, he he came down to my office um, earlier today, and we were kind of chatting about having this conversation. and And he he was just kind of throwing it out there, like, "I wonder if those birds are going to go north to move out or east, or how that wind impacts." I know there's probably no way to really know that, um, but you know, it's interesting the way that you explained that that just that new water alone is going to distribute those birds, let alone the wind impacts and things like that. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, I think the one of the more common ideas around that is birds kind of hunker down while the storm is occurring. Um, and we actually have some some data, telemetry work done on model ducks over the years, where you know they just, they, they kind of sense it coming. They could kind of move to an area, bef- you know, before it hits. But as it's happening, they just kind of hunker down and then. And then very, very quickly start reacting to that new landscape um, of whatever that might be, you know, either it be more productive or, you know, it can be, you know, a landscape that is, you know, lost productivity because of the storm surge and things like that. So um, that's, I guess, one of the better, you know, one of the the things that we're 
uh, seeing out of the storm. Um, storm surge is the one thing we hate to see because that's a lot of salt water moving into freshwater environments and literally poisoning the landscape, killing things um, that, you know, you've been working on to grow for a long time along that coastal zone. And, and for the most part, it sounds like this is mostly a rain event. So it's dropping a lot of freshwater. Um, and hopefully there's not a bunch of saltwater intruding into freshwater environments right now. Yeah, that's, that would be very good news. Um, you know, and, and I don't know if you've talked to anybody down there who's, you know, who's, who shot a bunch of teal, but typically I always like to hear the reports where guys are like, oh, we're shooting all adult males. And that gives you the indication that those are kind of the first birds to migrate down. Um, have you heard anything like that? Because we, we've kind of chit-chatted about it around the office where we were thinking that, man, with the low production in the prairies, you know, this could be, if you start seeing a bunch of adult female birds showing up early, that'd be a pretty good indication that, you know, with the low productivity, that's just kind of what it's showing. Have you talked to anybody about that yet? Not specifically the, the bigger hunt clubs that, you know, we're shooting, you know, big numbers of birds. Um, uh, so, but yeah, that, that is without question, the kind of the mantra about teal migration is you know, sending out, you know, the adult males first and followed up by females in that year class of birds. Uh, me personally, I went out and um, I did encounter um, uh, two females, you know, just randomly shooting at, at birds. So I did get two females. But what was important to note is all six of the birds I harvested on Saturday were all adults. You know, there were no juveniles. Mind you, a tiny, tiny, tiny sample size. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we're expecting. Um, one, you expect that early in the season, even on good years, that, you know, the adults are kind of first, or at least adult males. Uh, but in two, as you mentioned, in a year of um, below average productivity, um, even some of the adult females that were unsuccessful, um, that, you know, weren't either didn't nest or were unsuccessful, you know, they're going to depart um, with those adult males um, sometimes earlier. And we definitely started seeing birds arriving what seemed to be a couple weeks earlier than normal. Um, and that's pretty good or that's it's pretty intuitive thinking when you're thinking about the, the quality of habitat that was in the prairies at the time and the quality of habitat we had in parts of Texas. So it's not too surprising that birds departed a little bit earlier to take advantage of that. You know, their, their bodies need to be doing certain things. You know, it's it's a life cycle event and they need to be putting on, you know, weight for migration and they need to be getting protein for for molt and feather replacement and so those life cycle events don't stop and so they they got to react to the landscape the best they can and and, and an early departure is one of those things they do uh, to, to help help do that and so yeah i would expect i mean we won't have um hard data on on that information until we do the wing bee. Um, but i believe everybody is thinking along those lines that it's going to be a, a heavy adult skewed um, harvest, um, even, you know, even females, uh, even early in the year. So, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, overall, it sounds like you're still pretty positive, even following the storm. You're still pretty positive that you guys are going to end up with a pretty strong teal season, early teal. Yeah, I think, I, yeah. I mean, we, we definitely had some areas that got a lot of rain last night, um, you know, pushing a foot. Um, especially moving into the Chenier Plain um, in that area around Freeport, it sounded like they were getting they got around ten inches. Um, the one thing that you know this land, <laughs> that entire landscape, has really been designed to shed water over the last literally hundred years. Um, and so even 
it's even shocking to me to be driving around uh, the coastal prairie after a big rain and see a lot of water on the landscape and come back 24 hours later and it's already, you know, shed it. It's already, you know, pushed off down the ditches and into the, in the bayous and the, and the creeks and, you know, moving towards the Gulf. So it, it sheds water real quick. And, um, you know, there, there's probably some people out there that, you know, have impoundments or rice fields that have, you know, water control structures in them that didn't have the ability, the means, the methods to pump. And, you know, suddenly they have um, water now. And so um, that's one of those times that Mother Nature smiles upon you, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think overall, it, 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 you know, our teal season um, isn't, isn't a bust. Um, you know, sometimes these storms can be a real bust. Um, you know, I, I don't know um, the full extent of what will happen in Louisiana, but it looks like they're going to get the full brunt of this storm in regard to – uh, significantly more rainfall than we did. And so that could be an attractant that could, you know, draw birds their way, uh, that could push birds out. Um, but as a teal looks at that landscape, they're going to be grinning. It's like, wow, look at all this water I get to play on and, 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 and spread out and, and not be, you know, literally when you're in the Texas coast and open day of teal season, if there's some water there, there's typically a duck blind there. And, and so they don't have to, go where all the square boxes are anymore. Yeah, no, that's a good thing for the teal. Sometimes not such a good thing for the hunter, but yeah, it sounds like there's enough hunters enjoying the, uh, enjoying the opportunity right now. Um, before I get you out of here, I wanted to, to ask you like how you guys were going into this teal season with excellent habitat across much of the state, which is hard to, you know, hard to fathom just how large Texas is. And you're like, yeah, it seems to be pretty good everywhere. Like, wow, that's, that's impressive. Um, but what's it going to take to, for that habitat to maintain into the regular season? Or do you think most of these areas are going to go into the regular season? When you guys open sometime in November, uh, parts of the state, um, what's it going to take? And, and what do you think that habitat's going to look like, you know, going into that regular season? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and the reality is it will change. Um, some will change for the better. Some will change for the worse. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's um, fairly abundant water in the high plains right now. But um, the last week and a half, um, it's been some of our hottest temperatures of the entire summer, uh, coupled with high wind days. And so we're literally losing water up here um, as, as fast as we possibly can. It's, it's evaporating very, very quickly. And so that's one of those areas where things are kind of going downhill in that regard. There's going to be water here when ducks arrive, but there's going to be a lot less if something doesn't change soon. Uh, we're kind of in that weather pattern up here in the playas. Um, you know, as far as the coast, most of the Again, um, most of the water on the landscape is now purposeful, um, you know, shy of being in the marsh system or the bays. Most of that water is very purposeful. So that's people putting that water out there and, and backing it up um, for the purposes of providing habitat for waterfowl. And so, you know, those areas are still going to have water um, and still be looking very good uh, when duck season begins. Um, so, yeah. And then as far as East Texas, you know, the key there is, is um it's typically a later season hunt than the Gulf Coast, and that's actually why we we open that season later. Uh, it's a little bit counterintuitive, but our north zone opens later than our than our south zone. But we're dealing with different ducks that use a habitat a lot differently, um, and obviously significantly different habitats. And so the birds that are in northeast Texas typically are uh, later migrators. Our harvest data shows that hunting is better later than than you know early in the season, as opposed to the Gulf Coast where you know, some of our best hunts for that, that early November period. 
And so we always want to take advantage of those, those early November days as much as we can. And then vice versa with the North Zone, we, we want to be able to take as much advantage of weekends in December and January. And so luckily we have a long season and, and, and we're able to do that in all of our zones. Um, but East Texas, it's driven by rainfall. Um, you know, when those rivers start flooding and begin to get overbank flood events, you know, that's a real attractant to birds on a continental scale. And we're learning very rapidly through some modern telemetry stuff uh, of the numerous different species of ducks and geese that this idea of north-south is in our head um, is uh, not only north-south, but there's just as much east-west movement going on. And, you know, a rain event in East Texas can draw ducks from literally all over uh, both Central and Mississippi flyways. And so, so uh, timely um, rain events, flooding events in that landscape draws birds that landscape. Now, if it loom, uh, lingers on too long and, and water stays on the landscape too long, you begin to see a decline in ducks. Uh, similarly to that same scenario of, you know, they just have so many options, you don't see large concentrations of birds. So the perfect thing is a nice little pulse of, of a flood. Water gets out into the back uh, waters of the bottomlands, and then the rivers go back down. You know, that water's been captured and, and is now out there on the landscape. So, um, so yeah, I think, to be honest with you, the state moving into the regular duck season is overall in pretty good shape. Um, considerably better than where we were this time last year, habitat-wise, for sure. That's definitely good news for uh, Texas hunters and anybody traveling to hunt there. Kevin, this has been great. Uh, I think everyone probably picked up you know, some great information, especially, you know, those coastal areas and the, and the way that, you know, ducks react to like a hurricane like this. I think it's interesting. I think it's not only important for Texas hunters to know that, but just for all of our listeners to understand these ducks are moving. They're going to take advantage of any habitat that's provided, whether it's man-made, like you mentioned, or natural. Uh, so yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming on here today. And, uh, and we'll have to get you back on when the regular duck season starts and, and we can talk regular duck season. We'll be able to follow up with all that habitat update. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really enjoy visiting with you guys and, and getting a chance to, to communicate with a, a broad audience. And I would love to jump back on with you uh, here in a couple months. Awesome, Kevin. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. I'd like to thank my guest, Kevin Cry, Texas Waterfowl Program Leader, for coming on today and really explaining what the habitat and the hunting conditions are like in Texas right now. I'd like to thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for getting the show together and putting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. 
Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside.